All right, so we're in Romans chapter 8. Chapter 8 is a really wonderful chapter to study. However, we're going to just study two verses in this chapter today. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. We're still talking about what we have in Christ, who we are in Christ, and what we can do in and through Christ. So in Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's therefore now, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How many in Christ people do we have in the house? You're in Christ. What does that mean? That simply means that you're born again, that you're a child of God, you've received eternal life, that you are a new creation in Christ. So in the New Testament, we have 130 to 160 verses of Scripture that uh, say something about who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, what you can do in and through Christ. So there's a lot of material uh, in the New Testament regarding who you are and what you have and what you can do in and through Christ. So it's not a minor subject. We will not go to all of the verses in this particular series of teaching as far as I know. I'm sure we'll not get through them all. That'd probably take us a year. Uh, but we're looking at some of them. And so in Christ, in this particular verse, it says, therefore, there is therefore now Everybody say now. now. When is now? now? Now. Well, actually, there's never going to be a time that you live that will not be now. So 10 minutes from now, it'll be now. Once it gets there. So when you get there, an hour from now, it'll be now. So there's never a time tomorrow, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, when you get there. It'll be now. So it's interesting. He uses the word. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation, which means actually that there is therefore now never any condemnation. I didn't say the devil wouldn't try. I didn't say you won't be tempted. I didn't say that the devil won't throw lies at your thoughts or your minds. But from God, hallelujah, I said from God, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So God is not in the condemning business, God's in the forgiving business, and God's in the restoration business, and God is in the healing business, and God is in the love business, and God is in the mercy business, God is in the goodness business, hallelujah, God is good, and he's merciful, he's kind, he loves us even when we didn't do everything right. How many are glad of that? Thank God for his mercy, his grace, his goodness, his love. Because none of us would be here if it were not for his mercy, his grace, his love. But God, hallelujah, is not condemning you. God is not wanting you to be under condemnation and guilt and shame. Praise the Lord. He wants you to be free. 
Whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Praise God. So freedom is in God's will. He wants you free spiritually. He wants you free mentally, emotionally. He wants you free physically from sickness and disease. He wants you whole and sound. He wants you strong. He wants you to be blessed. Hallelujah. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be free from debt. He wants you to be free from any kind of bondage. Jesus came to set us free. He, his first sermon, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the acceptable year of the Lord was a year of jubilee. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to comfort all that mourn. I I, I missed the part. But I'm focusing on this part. So then, to comfort all that mourn. So God is in the business of bringing freedom and liberty and restoration and healing and wholeness and soundness to every part of your person, to every part of you, spirit, soul, and body, your personality. God wants you free. Hallelujah. So in this verse, he says, there's therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation pushes you down, binds you, makes you feel less than. And then you act less than, and you're not free to express who you really are. But who you really are is who you are in Christ. That's who God made you to be. He made you to be a new creation in Christ. He made you so that old things have passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. He made you that way. He created you as a new creation in Christ Jesus. He created you as his own workmanship. You are the workmanship of God. You're the handiwork of God. He said, by... By grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. In other words, you didn't do it, he did it. For we are his workmanship. You just simply believed in his grace, and by his grace you got born again, and you became the workmanship of God, the handiwork of God. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's Hallelujah. Work of art, different translations say. So God created you actually after himself. Romans 4, 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God. Sounds like what he started out with. He created Adam and Eve, how? In his own image and after his likeness. So, but they lost that because of sin. But thank God, Jesus Christ, he restored that so that we could be like him. 
in our spirit born again, we receive the same life that Jesus came to bring. In him was life, and the life was what? The light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Other translations say, overcame it not. So this life in Christ, Jesus came to bring, to give, and he came to bring this life to you and to me. Hallelujah. And so the light of the glorious gospel has shined into your heart to give the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which gives you this this visual, this uh, insight, this uh, ability to see what you couldn't see before. You're able to see that you need Jesus and you need to be born again. The gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Right? It's the gospel, the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes it. And so when we believe, we hear the gospel, believe the gospel, receive the gospel, and believe on Jesus Christ and receive him as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as our life giver, praise God, we receive eternal life. For as the Father hath life in himself, so is he given to the Son to have life in himself. I'm a little bit ahead of myself because the next verse says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free or made me free from the law of sin and death. So sin and death is what destroyed the human race, defiled the human race. Sin came through Adam and death came as a result. Spiritual death came as a result and physical death came as a result of spiritual death. And we were all born with a mortal body as a result of Adam's sin. Adam's body was created to live forever. It wasn't created to die. Death was not in God's plan. Resurrection, hallelujah. He, God, had a plan, understand. It wasn't God's plan for Adam to sin. It wasn't God's plan uh, for him to die and uh, Adam and Eve to die. But it was God's will. When they did, God had another plan. In other words, God didn't say, "Uh uh-oh, what what happened? What what are we going to do now? No, he already had a plan. And he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God had a plan of redemption. Hallelujah. You say, well, why did he make man? Because he wanted man. Why'd you get married? You wanted a man or you wanted a woman. Right? God wanted children. Jesus wanted some brothers and sisters. Glory to God. So now he has them all over the world. Has them in heaven right now. There are people in heaven. Praise God. Great cloud, the scripture says. We have a great cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. That are up in heaven. Hallelujah. And because we have such a great cloud of witnesses in heaven, he says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run our race with endurance or patience, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. 
He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Praise God. Seems like I just said this. Praise the Lord. But it's okay. God wanted children more than just his son. Why did God create men to have kids? It's God's nature, God's desire. It was God. It's God's plan. He told them to be fruitful and what? Multiply. So God's will was to have children. Adam was God's child. Eve was God's child. He wanted them to procreate. He wanted them to be fruitful and multiply. So he said, be fruitful and multiply. I want some more kids. Praise the Lord. Ty was just telling me just recently, she heard a woman say, how many kids? They were talking to people, somebody else that had children, and she said she had five boys. And, and the lady responded like, well, that's too many kids. Or she's not from an old school, is she? All right, so I mean, you say, "My, we had ten kids, and I was the baby." You say, "You must have been spoiled." Oh, but no, there was no spoiling. <laughs> spoiling didn't exist. <laughs> okay, so she said, "That's too many kids." I mean, like, who says that? You know. And uh, she said, well, I love my boys. I, I enjoy them. They're, they're great. I love my family. I love my kids. Well, that was that other lady's opinion. You know, God wants a lot of kids. He wants a real big family. The scripture says the whole family in heaven and in earth are named after Jesus. So Jesus is the head of the church. He's your elder brother. He's the firstborn from the dead, the scripture says. And it also says he's the firstborn among many brethren. So that means you're born of the same father. You have the same father. God is your father. Jesus is your Lord. And you are sharing the same life that God gave to his son. I'm not making this up. It's in John 5, verse 20, 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, so is he given to the Son to have life in himself. So the same kind of life that God had, he said, I want this this Son of mine that's going down to this earth, I want him to contain this same life. And so as the Father hath life in himself, I, God says, he has life just like I do. Actually, Jesus said, as the Father hath life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. So here's Jesus with his life from heaven, praise God, and he's walking around as a man, as a human being with this life of God on the inside of him. 
And this life is a light to men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness overcame it not. But everywhere he went, he overcame darkness. He overcame demons. He overcame uh, uh, sickness and disease. He overcame the bondages that people were living in. He overcame death. He He raised people from the dead. Gives you a clue. He's not the first man that was raised from the dead. He's the first man to be born again. Born from the dead. Born from death to life. And the scripture says he's the firstborn from the dead. Are you with me? So that means he was born again. Because he tasted our death. And the same born again experience life he got is the same life you got when you got born again. Hallelujah. You were born of the same incorruptible seed of God. The word of God which lives and abides forever. You were born of that same life. You got that same kind of life on the inside of you that God had on the inside of him. That Jesus had on the inside of him. And that Jesus came to give. He said the thief in John 10 and 10 came to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came that we might have what? Life. He came that we might have life. He came that we might have zoe. That means life as God has it. That's what W. W. Vine's definition of this word life, it says it's life as God has it. Life in the absolute sense, which means simply that it's absolutely pure life. It's nothing but life. It has no death in it. It has no tinge of death. It is not a mixture of life and death. It is a full-blown life of God. It is a God kind of life. Hallelujah. It's life as a principle, which means it's life as a law, which this verse says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. So there's a new law that came into your spirit when you were born again. Eternal life came into your spirit and The moment you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment you confessed Jesus as Lord with your mouth, that moment you were born again, you received eternal life, and this law of life overcame the law of sin and death. Sin and death was eradicated from your spirit, and life and God's law of life, this Law of life means that it is a spiritual principle law that overcomes. There is a law of gravity which says that an airplane can fly. Ha, ha, ha. Excuse your phone for a moment. We don't like to throw these around. Darnell is like, I don't like throwing them around either. (laughs) If it hurts, it will buy you a new one. All right. Gravity works. Sin and death has held us down. Come on. I said sin and death has held us down. 
But Jesus Christ came. And he gave us eternal life. It's a law of lift. It's a power that overcomes death. Sin and death couldn't say, well, like, I'd like to stay. Your faith in Jesus, your faith in God said, I believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. So God has committed himself that anybody that believes on Jesus and confesses Jesus as Lord with their mouth, calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Anyone, whosoever will, let him come and take of the waters of life freely. Hallelujah. Anybody can come and take of these waters of life, this life of God, this life as God has it. Jesus said, I am come. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, to hold man in bondage and to break them down and destroy their lives with sickness and disease and all kinds of uh, weird stuff the devil does in human beings. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy The Holy Spirit, it says in verse 11 of this chapter, which we weren't going to study, but in verse 11, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Hallelujah. And if he dwells in you, then he will quicken your mortal bodies. That means, thank God, that the same Holy Spirit who is not just... You know, low-grade God, he is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's one God eternally existing in three persons, but God the Father is God. God the Son is God. God the Holy Spirit is God. So God has come to dwell on the inside of you. And on top of that, he... Praise the Lord. This is going to get fixed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, my mic goes out. That's not the will of God. So, Jesus came that we might what? Have life. Possess life. He that believes on the Son hath everlasting life means that you're in possession of everlasting life means that you possess it on the inside now on top of that now it's likened unto Jesus likened having eternal life he likened it unto a well a well springing up remember in John chapter 4 I believe he's talking to the woman at the well so she, he's talking to the woman at the well. Living water. And he said, if you ask me, I'd give you living water. And he said, it would be like a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So this life is like a well on the inside of you. Oh, praise God. This well is a living well. I, I have a well at my house, so... Believe it or not, there's actually water under the ground. 
like 400 feet or so. So don't try it with a shovel. So here we are. As Christians, we received eternal life, the life of God, God's eternal life. His life is lived on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Now, we got the Holy Spirit on top of that. God gave you the gift of eternal life. He gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, what does the Scripture say? Out of your, it says belly, King James. It's kind of, you know, really, it's like right here, but it's not really your belly. (laughs) It's not out of your stomach. It's out of your innermost being, the inward parts of you. But it seems like it comes out of here. So you get the picture. So out of your innermost being shall flow rivers. So God didn't want you to just have a well. He want, and that's wonderful, isn't it? Hallelujah. He said, with joy we draw water out of the wells of salvation. So now... You've got this well of salvation. You can draw water out. And then you've got the Holy Spirit. And he told his disciples, and he actually invited 500 at least, to go and wait for the promise of the Father. 120 showed up. You say, how do you know at least 500? Well, he appeared to 500 at once in the Scripture. And he appeared to others like in groups and sometimes one to Mary, just one person. Walk with two on the road to Emmaus, right? So, but he appeared to at least 500 or so. So he invited them all. You know he did. But 120 showed up. And they were all, everybody that showed up got filled with the Holy Spirit. And they got so filled with the Holy Spirit that people thought they were like drunk. Peter had to actually explain. If you never have to explain church to anyone, you might consider. You know, it's okay to have to explain what just happened. Because they are new. It's nothing that they've seen before. I mean, if people raise their hand, that might be new to somebody. If people shout, that may be new to somebody, right? Somebody dances, that might be really new to somebody. All right, but the Holy Spirit can demonstrate in a lot of different ways. And we can worship in different ways according to the Scripture. All right, so here we are. With the Holy Spirit that is like a river that flows Oh, Jesus, thank God for the river. Oh, glory, thank God for the river. Praise God for the river of God. Anybody praise God for the river? Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. He didn't just say river. He said rivers 
So there's something inside of you. Glory to God. The life of God is on the inside of you. And that life has the power to overcome sin and death and all of its effects in a person's life. It has the power to eliminate stuff that doesn't belong in this in this body or in this mind or in this soul or in this life it can eliminate it can destroy sin it can it can eliminate it right now glory to god there's power it can eliminate it can eliminate a condemnation or guilt or shame it can eliminate anything that's trying to stop you from doing the will of god it can eliminate it why it's the life of god it's heaven's life It is God's own life that he has come to share with man. And he has a river of this life. Glory. He has a river of life in heaven. And it's a real substance. It has to be a substance because it actually flows out of God. It says it flows out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. So it's flowing out of God. It's coming out of Him because God is creative in His nature. Everything about God is creative. God never ends. God never has an ending. He never had a beginning and He never has an ending. He's the author and the finisher of your faith, but he does not have an ending. He has no end to himself. There is life that is in him, and he's so giving and so loving and so wanting others to receive what he has that he has a river of it flowing out of him. And when you get filled or you get born again, it's the same life. Same life that's in God flows into you. Hallelujah. Never get confused. It doesn't make you God. It makes you in Christ. It makes you in God. A branch never becomes the vine, and the vine never becomes, you know, the branch. There's, there's a difference. He's still Jesus. He's still the Lamb of God, and nobody else is. He's still the Son of the living God who came to this earth to redeem us. All right, so we are connected. The Scripture says in Romans, you don't bear the root, but the root bears you. In other words, the root is holding you. Your faith is your grip on God. His grace is his grip on you. So grace is bigger than your faith. Your faith is still growing, but his grace is not growing. His grace has always been. It's always going to be. His grace is there. It's just that through Jesus, he can extend greater grace. He can give man, humanity, more of himself. And so there's this river that flows out of God. And it is a river, so it must be a substance because it comes out of God. And there is a river that contains it. Are you with me? 
So this river flows out of God, out of the throne of God and of the Lamb of God, and it flows freely. Whosoever will, let him come and take a drink. Take of the water of life freely. It's a free gift. Anybody can. Everybody won't, but somebody will. And you're somebody that did. Hallelujah. How many did? Hallelujah. You took a drink. You took Jesus. You received Jesus, and you received life. And Jesus Christ has come. <laughs> Whoa, glory. Jesus has come to live on the inside of you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ living his life in you. I was crucified with Christ, Paul said. Nevertheless, I live. That was not just for Paul. It was for all of us. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who what? Loved me and gave himself for me. So he loved us, and he's still loving us, and he's loving us so that we can get out of the flesh into the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you are Feel with the Holy Spirit, and out of your belly, your spirit shall flow rivers. How many believe these rivers can take care of business? Do something you could never do. Thank God forever. Thank God forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you got your running shoes on? Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. I said, The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. And so you have this life that gives you salvation. You have this life, this river of God. Praise God. All you need to do is let it flow. Open your mouth. God is as close to you as your heart and your mouth. As your heart and your mouth. Open your mouth and speak the word. Open your mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost. Open your mouth and praise God. Open your mouth and shout. Open your mouth and lift his name up. Open your mouth and hallelujah. He's as close as your heart and your mouth. Jesus. So Holy Spirit wants us to open our mouth. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you haven't opened your mouth and prayed in other tongues recently or in a while, you know those valves under your sink? If you just let them, if you don't ever turn them, they get stuck. If you don't turn them, they'll get stuck. Why? Because there's stuff that gets in there calcium buildup from our water, especially where I live, living off of a well, a lot of calcium, and it builds up in there. And so when you come to your sink and you have a problem with your plumbing, you'd like to be able to just turn that off there, but it's stuck, or turn it on, but it's stuck. So if, you, if you're a little stuck, you let stuff build up, hallelujah, then you just need to get a little work on it, work on it, 
and just let the Holy Spirit l- lubricate you a little bit. The Holy Spirit will help you. Amen. I just had a young man come. He had been filled with the Spirit here, but he hadn't been praying in the Holy Spirit a couple of weeks ago when he came up, or maybe last week. He came up and after the service and told me he hadn't prayed in tongues. You know, he's, he did for a while at first. He was doing it every day, and then he just stopped, and he was not doing so good. And I said, well, you can just start. So we just started. I just said, let's pray. And we started praying in other tongues. You know, you don't have to have a special unction or a feeling or just do it. Just open your mouth and start praying. Praise God. I mean, it's so interesting, but years ago, Vicky and myself were praying. We were at intercessory prayer. It was myself and Pastor Vicky, and that was all it was there. And uh, we were in that 20 by 60 on Valley View. And I was just kind of, that's my way is walking and praying. So I was just walking back and forth. It's not a long walk. It's about 19 and a half feet. And so then you turn around and you walk the other way. So Vicki was sitting. She just sat down. Uh, that's her style, sit down. And so anyway, so she sat down and she kind of dozed off. Sometimes you sit down and you doze off. All right, so she sat down she dozed off, but... Then she woke up, kind of came to herself, and she heard me say, and I did not say this in English, but she heard what I was saying by the Spirit. She knew the interpretation. She heard me say, East Germany wants God. Now, that was before the Berlin Wall fell. That was before, but she heard me say that. Do you know how many people around the world God had praying? Now, I wasn't like in deep intercession. I was just praying in other tongues. It was just, but how powerful is that? God needs somebody. Seems that God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. So he needs somebody to petition, to ask, to, oh, Father, thank you. So there's power in praying in other tongues. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit is in you. And he wants to flow through you. Because rivers are not made to be dammed up. Even if you put a dam there, it's to produce energy. But they're, they're made to flow. Now, if you put a dam there, you still got to have a flow. Right? They're created to flow. God created them to move. And so, God created you to yield to the Holy Spirit and let the river flow. Let it flow from your spirit. Now, my encouragement and exhortation to you is to do that daily. Carve time to do it. You can do it. You can do it driving in traffic. It'll make you a lot calmer. You can do it driving in traffic. You can do it at your house in your prayer room. 
You can do it sitting in your backyard. You can do it anywhere. Praise the Lord. What would happen? What, what bad could happen? Nothing. Oh, somebody heard you start speaking in other tongues. Uh, they might think that they just have neighbors in another nationality or something. Maybe they don't want to meet you. So just pray in the Holy Ghost. Spend time letting 